Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Whether you're a first-time listener or long-time listener, all the same, it is super appreciated. And thank you, as always, for your constant support. Kind of a different episode for you this evening. I'm going to have a guest on, my good friend Martin Henderson, who is part of the fantastic Sheffield-based band Seconds Apart, which I'm going to plug them no end. Do check them out. But also, you may be familiar with him featuring on certain daytime quiz show television series. But either way, it's great to have you here, mate. How are you doing anyways? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. Um, yeah, uh, just getting over the PTSD from Twitter on the last <laughs> appearance on TV. Uh, but it's not my first rodeo of getting abuse online following being on TV. Uh, but yeah, we're going to dive into all that. I'll... Uh, pull back the curtain and let you know a few secrets as well about what's happened and let you know when, uh, what it's like applying and uh, anything you need to know and a little bit of my own uh, kind of stuff that's going on with uh, yeah music as well. Obviously, I've known you for a few years and such now when we, we, we first met during my radio days, obviously when you were performing Seconds Apart and always had a, a very good uh, very good friendship and relationship and it's, it's just, it's surreal as like a friend of yours to see you and, and there'll be other of your friends as well and, and family that'll think the same to see you on the small screen so to speak and see you part of the um yeah the, like the, the quiz shows that feature i mean have you got any plans for any any more in the in the pipeline in the future um well maybe i should keep them under wraps but um <laughs> pointless and not taking on at the moment currently and we're filming this on the 8th of february 2023 um so but i did notice that gladiators are taking on for uh, April closing date. So uh, I've been mentally like had my arse handed to me. So maybe I actually just physically want like Wolf to just power bomb me off of like some sort of like travelator or something. I don't know if that's how it works, but yeah. Mate, you on Gladiators, that'd be, that'd, that'd be awesome. <laughs> every, every 90s kid's dream, to be honest with you, that'd be, that'd be textbook. And yeah, I, I, it's, it's like I say, it's something different not done on, on Joe Blogs. And I, I wanted to, I'm going to name this like Joe Blogs drove me to daytime television because we are going to, we are going to make his way to that. But obviously, as, as regular listeners know, it's a, it's a film and TV podcast, but this is technically TV. But before all we get to the, the nitty gritty of, you know, you being on recently The Chase and, and, and the, the shows before. And if you can hear any breathing, listeners, that's my, uh, that's my little dog right next to us. Um, but yeah, so before we get to that, I obviously want to just, I don't know, I've a couple of minutes just talking about your favourite films, favourite TV shows or whatever. I mean, I know, obviously, from, from conversation, big Office fan, big um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which could bring us on to obviously talking about the whole Wrexham situation there because that's mm-hmm. pretty mad uh, with that kind of fairy tale. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, what would you say, just as, just as a starting point, what would you say is your, if you have one or however many, but what is your favourite film of all time? Mm. Um, I'm... <laughs> I've got one that comes to mind and it's probably not like, obviously IMDB says Shawshank Redemption is the number one film. Um, But I have a personal favorite and it's more for like personal reasons. Everyone has a film that they really love because of nostalgia or they remember where they were at a certain part of time in their life. And I just remember Toy Story, the original Toy Story, just it, it, it just being it was like the first film that really caught me. It came out in 1995. I was born in 1993. And from that first thing that caught my eyes from it with the the beautiful animation that Pixar did 
to now the 4K remasters that are all over this Disney Plus, it literally still holds up today. I, I, I rewatched it a couple of weeks ago again, and it's still the first one is still like one of. I would say, yeah, it's my favourite film of all time. Bit of a strange choice, but yeah. Nah, it's not a strange choice. Don't be daft. There'll be Disney Pixar fans all over the like. Well, well I'm going to say all over the world, around local area, probably listen to this. They'll be completely um, agreeing with you because Toy Story is sick. I, I, I remember again seeing that when I was very little um, with uh, some of my fam- family members, and and again blew me away. We all wanted to either be Woody or, or Buzz or whatever. Just that whole yeah. the whole concept as well, like of toys coming to life when you're not mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, it just went, it dove straight into, you know, a child's imagination. And it was, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful tale, wonderful film. And I, I think it's a good choice for, for number one. There's, there's sentimental value there as well, obviously, for, like I said, with the personal connection that you have with that and the memories that come with that. That's what's beautiful about cinema, isn't it? Let's be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it literally shaped many childhoods. I, I went to bed, uh, like thinking, oh, my toy's going to move. Yeah. the next time that i saw them so it literally just yeah it captured imagination and then uh yeah they've done a lot of spin-offs now since uh, obviously like toy story 4 onwards and a few of those i haven't really caught too many of those but um like the whole franchise just is really fun i, I think it started to tailor off around toy story 4 probably they could have stopped at toy story 3 i think it was yeah, the perfect ending was, but yeah. hey this is disney and if it makes money then we're gonna keep doing it until like we uh, you know, like it stops making money, which is never because we're going to keep putting out merch. So it's all good. But uh, yeah, we all had like a Woody doll or something like that. I, I, well, I'm speaking for myself there anyway. I had the merch and it kind of went full circle because when I was in my first job, when I was working at a learning center, it was around circa like 2010, 11. And it's when to- Toy Story 3 came out and I was selling then the toys. And it, so like I was selling Woody dolls, Buzz dolls to like kids that were, I was only 17, 18 at the yeah. time, but like to kids that were my age when it first came out, uh, like three, four years old, I well not selling it. They weren't buying, like they didn't know how to use chip and pin. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean like their parents and stuff. And it just kind of, I don't know. It's just, it, it sparked something in me. And I, I just think it's just, it's fun for everyone that franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I'm glad that Mr. Potato Head got Mrs. Potato Head in number two. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it, great. Just, yeah, wonderful words, mate. It's uh, it's a very good film. It's one of a lot of people's favourites. And yeah, a lot of, especially our age, well, like 90s kids and such, even, I know it's, it holds up, as you say, and, and our younger generations are enjoying it as much as well. But for us, it's, it, again, it, 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 because we were with, with it from it coming out, I said, being 90s kids, it still means a lot to a lot of people. And yeah, it is an excellent choice, mate. I'll give you that one. That's awesome. Um, but TV-wise, and like I said, I've mentioned a couple of, of shows there. Is there any that you just... If you, if you had like a Desert Island situation and rather than a film, you got a box set to, to one box set of anything, is there a particular show that you'd be like, it has to be that one? It's, it's hard um, to put down to. I mean you know full well the listeners won't know but like uh, we talk about age for ages like and we've talked about the comics and stuff we we're big the walking dead fans as well you've touched on it loads on this podcast as well um there's a lot of episodes to take there but like with that as well you have the good the very very good start bit and then uh, not so great mid bit and then great ending and then not so great right at the end but like so there's a lot of episodes there so you could think of quantity so if you're taking that box set yeah 
Or you could take um, the box set of the the chase, and the, you've got like five hundred thousand episodes to watch. But if it's just one one box set, so it's just one box set. Um, oh god. <laughs> While you're thinking, I just want to touch on the idea of taking something like the chase with you because, in a way, that would definitely keep your mind active. It would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. They say, obviously, like, doing trivia is really good for, like, you know, keeping your brain ticking yeah. and when you're getting older and things like that. So, yeah, it'd stop you from maybe partially going mad if you have to think about logic stuff. I do I do think that it'd, it'd, get, a bit, it'd get a bit much, though, and just, I, I literally, like, every day watching endless chase episodes like i gotta put some something else on yeah actually thinking about that might actually turn into a full-on purgatory like (laughs) yeah just the little in jokes would probably just be like no just turn it off but um yeah i'm I'm just trying to think i mean i I can tell you a a recent tv shows that i watched that was really good that i'm I'm really hyped for uh it's tv show called severance okay um that's got adam scott in it uh directed by ben stiller it's an apple plus like original and yeah, it's one of the best shows that I've watched for ages, and it's just a really cool concept. But like, I, I think for me, like, I go to, I, I always think of something that has a little bit of everything, and something like simple, you know, like The Office. I know that might be like so many people's choice as well, but like that has everything, and I, I, I genuinely do think in terms of if I were to, had to pick a show for Desert Island, I'd probably I'd maybe that or Frasier. I'm a big, big Frasier fan. So I think that, yeah, it's a toss-up between those two because I love me some Frasier. Yeah, I've genuinely never seen Frasier. I mean, what you'll shocking. Fi- I know, and it is shocking. You'll, what you'll find out about me today is that I am probably, <laughs> I'm probably like not the worst person to go on like a movie and TV podcast, but I, I, I whereas I appreciate the art form, I it's one of those things like when someone says what's your favorite song ever go and everything goes off the top of your head and you would think that i would prepare for this but i you've been on so many quiz quiz shows mate you should definitely have like you should definitely know like reaction reaction answers i know yeah i know i know i really should yeah it's just like a job interview sometimes isn't it like everything goes out your mind but like i listen to podcasts and and hear like interesting things about shows and and tv uh and movie kind yeah. of like facts just in case they came up on movie so like it's just preparing for like weird questions so you have to like recite iconic lines from films i've not even seen yeah. like um yeah i know a few lines from gone with the wind but i've never seen it like <laughs> it was like frankly darling i don't give a damn something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know what scene that's from i don't know what it is but yeah, uh, just Chloe was gutted that I'd not seen Titanic the other day, and I was like, well, "Yeah, I just know that you know there was room for two on that raft." Apparently. Well, it's back at the cinema in a few weeks for its anniversary, so there you go. Yeah, we saw the advert during one of the films we went to see recently. So um, yeah, I said that that was Avatar. What did you What did you think, by the way, to Avatar? Yeah, it was good. Uh, it's, it, obviously, they took the they saw the success of the first one and were like, "Right, we can make a franchise out of yeah. this." So let's go and, uh, and and spend thirteen years and all that money on making it. Yeah, isn't it going to be like the most expensive franchise of all time? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I respect the art and the craft of that. I, 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 I've done a podcast. This is on Avatar, and if you want to listen to my full thoughts on it, it's available now. But I did think it was probably more so style over substance yeah no no that that's it i i I liked the first one before and it kind of i didn't feel like it needed 
to go on, yeah. but you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, it's amazing what James Cameron's done. Like for yeah. cinema in in every every aspect, like not not just the films he releases, but also like the technology that he you know utilizes and makes and whatever yeah. to create cinema. It is an absolute massive feat. So fair play to him for that. It's just that I'm not really big on Avatar. No, no, it's fair enough. I mean, like the CGI budget must be absolutely huge yeah, like yeah. for that film. We have gone from like here, there and everywhere, but you've still not answered the question that we started, which was what would be your Desert Island box set? Uh, have you had a have you had any inkling or shall we should we just put a pin in that? I um oh just stick South Park in there. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Just like they just keep consistently just producing loads of stuff that makes me laugh every time and I really shouldn't have and probably <laughs> South Park should be cancelled. Not cancelled as in like cancelled. I mean like cancel culture cancelled for yeah. ages ago. But I just can't help but laugh at it. I'm a, maybe I'm a terrible person. I don't know. No nah, man, I, I haven't. Se- I haven't watched that. I used to, me and my old housemate, we used to watch a lot of South Park. I've not seen it in such a long time, but I know that they're still doing well with it. Twenty fifth anniversary. Um, yeah, recently, my friend Liam Regan, he was there. Uh, for the they did a concert, a, a yeah. concert gig. I'm like seventy years old, aren't I now? Uh, they did a gig <laughs> in Colorado for it. So yeah, it looks pretty cool. It's twenty five years of that. That's I mean, nice. yeah. But also thinking about it, twenty five years means that it's younger than us. So I, I don't remember it starting. I just yeah. remember it just appearing and someone had a 18 rated box set that was just in VHS form and I lent it from them and never gave it them back. I've still got that in my old house somewhere, <laughs> like my parents' house somewhere. So well, if they're listening, you know where it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please don't, please don't bill me like old library book fees and or old blockbuster fees. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me very quickly before we dive into the whole quiz world which i'm sure people are eagerly waiting for but talk to me very quickly and tell us all about seconds apart or as you're better known second spark <laughs> that is a reference for those that don't know that the daily mail no not the daily mail definitely not no i weren't good enough for that uh the daily star oh it was daily spot daily sport daily star no, they're all this they're all the same it definitely was star i was yeah, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they're all the same just page three is exactly the same on all of them actually i think the daily sport page three is every page so <laughs> The last time I bought that, I never bought it. Actually, it was one of those papers that you would read in the shop and go, Way! and then they just put it back. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yes, yeah, yeah. Daily Star. Daily Star. Yeah, they they uh, they got the name of the band wrong completely. In fact, I don't think they got much right in that article yeah, itself. So they just put da- second spark, like like spark plug, even though it's seconds apart, like seconds plural apart. Yeah, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. Um, We've been working hard on demos in in the background. We were playing the same shows again and again, the same set lists, and we were like, nah, we're not going to keep just doing that and keep getting like put out on support slots for bigger bands that were coming around Sheffield because we could draw a crowd. If we were just going to play the set again and again, it'll just get stale and eventually people will get bored and want to just, you know, not come. So we were just like, okay, let's write some stuff. Oh, recording stuff is really expensive. So let's actually learn how to do this ourselves. And I say ourselves. Owen learned how to do everything uh, itself. We just borrowed some gear or like uh, I bought like some monitors and stuff and he just used that. And then eventually our practice room space has turned into an actual studio space that we've been working on. And it's allowed us to make our demos better and better. And now we've accumulated something like 25 to 30 demos. Some have like full production on them, full lyrics and whatnot. And some are just literally just instrumentals. But um, we 
have we were originally going to do an album and yeah i even wrote a skit in a song mid song about the album taking forever but um should i say yeah i'll say i'll say but now we've had a bit of a change of plan because matt our original drummer who left in 2014 has now come back and now he's uh, playing full-time with us on these demos so uh, we've probably the the thing the done thing now is as much as albums are nice and whatnot playlisting it seems to be where everyone seems to be wanting to go i mean look at boston manor they released a two-part album which is just two eps and then they drip feed the singles and that seems to be the kind of campaign because you can stretch content out over a longer time as depressing as that sounds and people don't want to know the ins and outs of the industry that's just the way how it's going now so we're probably going to be putting out an, an an ep this year and I know I keep saying that we were going to put out an album, but like, if we are ever going to do it, yeah. we have a full band now. We were ne- we were using session drummers, and we could never keep the same session drummer. So it was always someone learned the songs, and then they stopped playing, and then we had to go through that process again and again and again. It was just really hard. So these are songs that sound. Every band says that it's our best stuff. I mean. You know, objectively, you might prefer the stuff off our first EP. You might prefer the stuff off our very first mini album that we did that was raw as out that we recorded in two days. But I genuinely think the production value on these new demos that are here it is going to be the best version of this band that you've ever seen. I've been taking singing lessons for the last year <laughs> to try and sound it as best as I could as well. And I've got a few more techniques that I didn't have before now. Uh, aka i won't blow my voice out at a gig on the first day of tour and then the second day be like right guys i'm gonna not sing so in theory we should be touring maybe just a small tour uh maybe a weekend or something like that and expect a ep out i would say by midway this year probably yeah hopefully before i'm 30 in july so yeah yeah, there we go oh man that is sick that's all like because I've been joking with you for a while about where's this album? Where's that? Like my friend Aaron as well, who probably listened to this as well, is like, where's this album? Yeah. So that is awesome news, man. Like I'm so chuffed for you guys. And like I say, I, I know the hard work that both yourself, Owen, and obviously now Matt as well with him back, which is amazing news. But especially with like Owen and the work that he's put in with the with the mixing and, and mastering this and that, like I can't wait to hear it, man. Owen Claxton, our producer extraordinaire, guitarist, he's doing unbelievable kind of stuff now i mean like the actual sound recordings the 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 mixing the mastering the production everything like that is on a different level he's working now with a major label with jordan rabjohn and precious they're literally working for dark room records or releasing stuff on there which is the same label as billy eilish um he's now uh getting he, he's he's in another band called anger party he produced mixed mastered that single that's being played on radio one so it's it's just crazy that that's the kind of level that we had before and before if you want to pull back the curtain further there's bands that are still locally that are paying 250 300 350 pounds per day to record their content and that is absolutely fine and there will always be people that 
you know, like don't want to learn the trade themselves or learn enough to do the demo so they're not having to pay someone else to do that. But when you get to the upper, upper level, you do pay for that extra stuff. And we might get an extra master in engineering or something like that who's got fresh pair of ears. But it's when you're playing at this kind of level, at our kind of smaller level, and, and many a times you're not even breaking even at gigs, you might sell a little bit of merchandise and make some money. It's not financially viable to be able to spend three, four thousand pounds on a six track, seven track EP if no one's going to listen to it. And I'm not saying that people aren't listening to the stuff that the bands that are recording that. What I'm saying is for us, we didn't put our priorities in actual PR, which now, now we've got contacts that are actually that have their hands in like different places like radio one and things like that. So I feel like we can invest our money in the proper places. We've invested already in the equipment recording wise and stuff. So we're at a level where we can be self-sustainable and we can release as much music as we want. And it's not going to cost us an arm and a leg because everything's in place for it. And I think it's a real sustainable future. And it, it means more likely you're not going to see us burn out if we do come back very soon like we should be on a more sustainable path to do it for a long-term thing it's that's it's such a great place to be in but let's be honest it's a fantastic place to be in it's very exciting and i appreciate you kind of giving us a bit of an exclusive there with the ep front and we'll see the the five people listening (laughs) that will get that so thank you ever so much man it's really exciting i'm sure for you all and i can't wait to um to hear new music from seconds apart and obviously listeners goes without saying do check out um, the, everything that you guys have released at Seconds Apart. It's um, I, the the first EP I absolutely love. I say to you regularly, which I absolutely love that EP. But yeah, it's just exciting. I, I can't wait for I can't wait for more. Um, yeah, cheers, man. So let's jump to like I said, we're, we're all here for. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about Mister Quiz Show, uh, which is yourself, because the Chase was your third appearance on a quiz show on, on a form of daytime TV quiz yeah, show. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, third time. Uh, the first one was Bargain Hunt, which uh, aired in two thousand thirteen. Uh, the second one was Tipping Point, which aired in two thousand and seventeen. And yeah, the third one was uh, yeah. 2023 um was the chase so 10 year kind of full circle yeah can't believe it i even alluded to it in the uh little uh teaser announcement video well it wasn't a teaser it was an announcement video to say i was going on the chase when i was scrolling through my facebook memories and it was like hey here's me and my bargain on jacket being an absolute ass on set um so yeah i can't believe it's 10 years of now actual game show quizzing (laughs) It's become like my personality kind of almost now. It's weird. I never thought it would be that. I, I thought I was always the person that was sat home with my mom and we would watch these daytime TV show quizzes and we would always answer the, the questions ourselves and stuff. And I always thought, oh, yeah, I could give that a go. And then, yeah, then all of a sudden now I'm here doing it and I'm like, yeah, probably not the right person to do it. But hey, they still need the numbers and I'm here to make up the numbers. Is it, is, is it like one of those things that once you've been on one, you've got a better chance of getting on another one? I have a feeling that it might have an influence on that uh, because, yeah, it, it, there's certain processes. like So not so much in Bargain Hunt, but like when I was on Tipping Point and you're in the studio situation itself, certain things that uh, translated over to when I was on The Chase. So like they have to you have to take about like four or five different outfits to wear. They take your outfits and they 
uh, put them on the screen first. They they test them, the screen test them, see if they do like these weird strobing effects or anything like that, or how they look on the TV. Yeah. So I, I I do think that there is value in uh, if they know you've been on TV already, they know the ins and outs of what you know, like you know what not to do. Although saying that. They obviously have not seen my previous episodes because, like, as I say, when I was on Tipping Point, I was looking straight down the camera, which you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to break the fourth wall. Yeah. I kept doing that. Uh, when I was on Bargain Hunt, all we were doing was just dicking around. Literally, <laughs> we didn't take any of it seriously whatsoever. So I, I genuinely don't think the producers, they might have seen it on my resume, but uh, I don't think they actually watched any of the previous performances, to be honest. But yeah, I think there is value to that. Yeah, because I'm just curious because I know um, when I did radio, uh, Gary, who was on, who's still on Red Road FM, great guy as well. He's done a few quiz shows and such, and uh, obviously I have a chat about it and stuff. But he again was on quite a few, so I was wondering if it is like a kind of once you've been on one, it's like a snowball effect kind of thing. Have you? Well, out of the three, sorry, what is your favourite show that you've been on? I would say Bargain Hunt because I was cumulatively on between Tipping Point and The Chase on the TV for less time than I was on Bargain Hunt. So uh, it's not that. I'm not like I want the TV to, hey, 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 come look at me. I'll have my 45 minutes of fame instead of my 10 minutes. It's not about that. I didn't really care about the TV. I just wanted the money, if I'm being honest. (laughs) The experience is nice, but, you know, like free money, isn't it? Like that's literally the only motivation for going on there and, and whatnot but um yeah the bargain hunt one was really fun because i got to experience that with my friend phil ford um and it it was like some of the pressure was off of me specifically it wasn't so much kind of like okay you've got to answer these questions in a pressure style yeah we had an hour to buy our actual antiques from the (laughs) the car boot or whatever fair it was um and yes, we blagged our way on. We absolutely lied and said that we were antiques experts at 19 and 20, respectively. Um, but it, it had a bit of camaraderie, a bit of banter between us that was on there that was allowed to shine through. And even like the actual host, uh, sorry, the the expert that we got, she was in on it. She wanted to um, like throw her around. I remember that. That was really weird. It was like an, uh, the opening scene. Um, where we just said, okay, we're off now. Let's let's go. And she she was like, right, hook my arms and throw me forward. And we we're like, really? And we're like, she was like about sixty odd, maybe sixty seventy odd. I'm like, are you sure you want us to throw? She was, but she made us do it like three or four times. Right. And she was like, no, it needs to be more violent. I need to be like properly thrown. I'm like, oh, okay. Are you sure you don't have a stunt double? Because I I feel really bad about throwing you forward, but. She was fine with it, and that was that was filmed like at like seven o'clock in the morning on a really cold January morning. Uh, and like my nose running, I'm like, I don't want to swing you too much in case my nose starts leaking. Like, please get me a <laughs> tissue. It's horrible out here. Yeah, I would say I would say bargain on. It's it's been uh, repeated a couple of times as well since yeah. and again. I know there's that famous clip of you two because you, you didn't win anything, did you? you, didn't, you didn't make, no. no, you didn't make profit. Was that what you meant to make profit? Because yeah. there's that famous one of you both, like obviously, uh, sarcastically, like yes, <laughs> which is which is fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you knew that that was sarcasm, but it, it's a bit of an in joke between mates because again, you could tell that we were just absolutely taking the mic. But um, 
yeah, you, the the premise of the show is that you get three hundred pounds to choose uh, three items, and then whatever's left over, the expert buys, and you can choose whether or not to go for it in auction. If it if it does, you know, right at the end, if you down money or whatever, then you might say, okay, I'll buy this. Uh, I'll go. We'll go for it, and then we'll you know make our money back, whatever. Mm. But um, but yeah, um, we we obviously lost quite a bit of money on <laughs> one of the items. And there's just a clip of me and Phil high-fiving each other, like, <laughs> yes! And the the actual other people in the room looking absolutely fuming. Because they're, they're obviously, they can see that we're taking the mic. Yeah. But um, it was just good fun. I um, So we were, we nearly got the, the actual whole uh, team and crew that was there to do a Harlem Shake when we were on the Lincoln date. It's filmed over two dates. So like uh, there's one date where we're picking the items at the Newark fair. Then a month later we're in Lincoln filming the auction part. That was Phil's actual 21st birthday as well. So yeah. Um, We, yeah, that, that Lincoln auction room, we, we nearly got them to do a Harlem Shake and they, they nearly went for it. And then we're like, nah, we can't sign that off. But yeah, that was when that was viral in 2013. If that makes you feel old, 10 years ago, the Harlem Shake was like a viral oh, trend God, oh, back God. when Vine was still a thing and TikTok didn't exist. No. Let's jump to the most recent one. Let's jump to the chase because I feel there's a, a fair bit because we can obviously touch upon Tipping Point as well, which, what was it? The uh, the swans for Christmas question, which uh, was it seven swans? Uh, uh, what is swimming? And you said... Yeah, I, I, well, I said singing, yeah. You meant to say swimming. I, well, no, I actually, I, I, I meant to say... I'm trying to throw you a line. I know, but I'd rather be honest. I meant to say singing, and then... I knew it, I know it's alliteration. That's all it is. Like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's alliteration. It's the same thing, anyway. Whatever it is, I got it wrong, and I panicked because I had to get that question right, so I just knew I had to buzz in before the other person. But I did that and then had like a split second to think of something and then said the wrong thing. And I never lived it down since. And, uh, as I say, social media enjoyed me getting booted off of that show for getting that wrong. Let's put it that way. And, uh, yeah, the number one comment on the, well, it's had 179,000 views on YouTube, my episode, that first part. And the number one comment still on YouTube is that Martin's a right twat. <laughs> like, like that. that's the actual quote. Like, So apologies for the language, but that is verbatim what it is. I think one of my favourites was, because I was, again, following Tipping Point, for a good couple of good couple of years afterwards, I'd always share on your birthday. What was it? The Martin is a right obnoxious. Is it obnoxious? obnoxious twat. Twat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that. Uh, uh, it's just a uh, just a funny comment. It's, it's cruel. Don't get me wrong, but it, it did give me it did give me a chuckle. Yeah, I, it's just water off a duck's back. To be honest, like if if these people don't know me personally, look, I'm just some random guy, and they think they're shouting into the ether. That's it. They don't really expect me to be checking social media, yeah. but oh boy, do I check social media and I make sure that they're held accountable for what they say because I think that you shouldn't... I think that you have right to free speech, absolutely, but you also should, with that, comes accountability for what you said and, you know, like, consequence of your actions of what you say. So I also have the right to retort what you say and most people will just let it go. They're like, don't interact with them. You'll never change what what they think. And I think that's fair enough, 
But there has actually been interactions that I've had that have been quite positive. I always start off by like trying to kill them with kindness. I've been called every word under the sun. And I will always be like, oh, joking, yeah, you're not half wrong there, actually. But, uh, you know, like I tried my best and whatever, try and talk people around. If they double down on what they say, that's when I start bringing out like the stock images of balding men and things like that. So like, <laughs> that's just where, yeah, that's just where it goes. We were saying before, which again we'll come to about the chase in a second, but with some of the comments and such that you got on the back of the chase, especially, it just reminded me just how horrendous places like Twitter, Twitter most definitely, but like the the obviously comments as well on Facebook. It just reminds me just kind of what a what a kind of cesspit it can actually and actually is. Sorry. Yeah, I think as well because a game show is not necessarily left or right thinking. It's it's you're uh, you're opening yourself if you use one of the hashtags to the program. Potentially, it's like a mix of left and right political agendas and how people think. So you're always going to get some people that are more from a different demographic that might have a different ideology, and it's not within their usual algorithmic echo chamber that they get and they're presented with this idea on the the tv show like ha these are the people i've seen all the memes about and i want to laugh at these as well and i'm gonna you know absolutely hammer them for it but they also again they're normally reinforced by the other people that are saying like yeah what an ass this guy is or yeah using you know gender neutral pronouns to describe them and they're not normally challenged because, again, their algorithms feeding them more kind of content that they're interacting with yeah. like that. So if I'm coming back, I'm not white knighting or anything like that. I'm just literally just giving them an alternative perspective and then maybe giving them context and be like, hey, actually, the reason why I said, well, we'll come we'll come to the, the reasoning on Twitter in a second anyway, when we touch on more yeah, on, the twi- yeah, yeah. on the chase. But yeah, yeah, I think it's just giving them a different perspective. It can be quite challenging some people are like okay that's fine and they, they can be consider themselves like maybe it's a decent point but some people really don't like being challenged on the views i think it's i think it's great though that you do you have done that obviously in the sense of going onto twitter and trying to at least have the laugh but also educate at the same time in your responses it's not like you're going on in that same manner that they have because some of the comments are just ridiculous but you know people like you said just shouting into to the abyss almost mm-hmm. you're not you're not doing the same you're not giving it back you're you're up for obviously like a, a serious conversation if you want one but i can i can laugh at myself as well kind of thing yeah. which i think you've you've got to win in those things because the the spotlight's on you for that for that for that segment of the show when you're answering those questions yeah. if you if you get something wrong if you don't laugh you'll cry so it's like you may as well have a giggle yeah exactly i mean i don't want to show to them that i'm rattled in any sort of way like uh, it, it, that's why I think the kill them with kindness approach kind of works. No one really wins. No one really turns someone else's perspective around or argument by shouting back at them twice as hard. Yeah. I think conversation is where people actually start learning things and, and the left and right may have more actual points that they can actually connect on than what they might think. But there were, there were kind of comments that I could not let go. Like there was a guy that was like, this guy needs to man up and he needs to start using postman instead of post person. I was like that man up trait, is the reason why Andy's man club exists. It's like, it's such a toxic mindset that's killed so many people like for mental health issues. So I can't let that slip, that kind of thing unchallenged. So I've got to try and be like, okay, whereas this kind of banter that you're trying to do might be good for you and me and it's water off the duck's back with me. 
there are there's a reason why these shows now have actual like departments that deal with the fallout from shows i mean there was a love island contestant that mm-hmm. killed themselves like based on the the things that they saw i didn't know too much about that but i know it, ex- it existed so apologies for my ignorance on that um you've obviously got um there was the famous one that was the be kind uh, oh, caroline flat caroline flat yeah that that kind of thing on, on the back of that yeah. but the amount of times you see the people that pedal the be kind it's be kind as long as you think my way yeah, it's yeah. not like try and show sympathy for everyone and just like one of those things and again everyone has a right to freedom of speech right but i have a right to retort to that as yeah. well and so i'm fine with you having an ideology if that's how you think but if how you think is going to affect someone to the point where they might consider killing themselves and it's, it affects their mental health then you know you need to be actually made aware of it at least and then have the conversation and then maybe you might go oh maybe i might not tweet this because they could see it and that could be the last thing that pushes them over the edge to that so i just wanted to be like right you're not affecting me you might affect them and uh, that's why i want to make sure that i uh, have that conversation yeah, you're spot on, mate. I completely agree, absolutely. As I said earlier, like some of the comments were just uh, completely unnecessary. The best way to tackle it is the way that you've done it, mate. Fair play to you, absolutely, because just obviously touching on the chase and, and what sparked that outrage, obviously, but I, in terms of your performance, I was pretty impressed with you on the chase, mate. Like, I genuinely... I thought I thought you got some stinker questions. The was it the snow leopard one I text I text you about that I, I the, the what what do they call it is an ounce or something. That was that was a nasty one that one. But I I genuinely did think that you did super super well. Um, and it was just so unfortunate that you couldn't make it to the final chase. Yeah, thanks, man. I I I, I was so gutted that I was so close because it's one of those things I'd rather just be completely whitewashed like railroaded and just get off and then just be like, well, I knew that that wasn't for me and I'll never do that again. But I felt so strong on all the preparation that I'd done for going on there. And I know you're never going to know every single trivia question in the world, but from where I was the four weeks before I found out that I was going on the show, every day at work, just podcasts on. It's just perfect opportunity because I'm a, I'm a postie. So like all, all I have to do is just stick an AirPod in, pub quiz podcasts, any other kind of uh, pop quiz, whatever, podcasts, whatever. Get those in, 10, 20 questions, and then you're hearing the answers at the end. I felt so much stronger uh, going into that and then the questions just didn't fall and it was nothing that I'd really researched. It helped me get a couple of them, like the Titanic one, the uh, the obviously Lord Nelson in Trafalgar yeah. Square, because I'm not from London. I don't hang around the monuments that often. So like knowing that off the top of my head was like a real surprise that I, I, I was like, oh yeah, I do know that yeah. uh, under pressure. But thank you for the kind words in how I performed. I was just, I was just gutted. And if you wanted to... Uh, you know, like go full circle with this podcast. The only one TV and film question that they gave, I got correct. But to be honest, like I wish I'd have elaborated more on like the whole jackass thing. Cause yeah, I'm like, yeah. I could have been like, yeah, I've always wanted to stick a firework up my arse and like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I somehow I think that would have got cut, which is quite a common theme for that show. A lot of things get cut from that. It's not the actual, well, I will I will let you bring in more about that, but yeah. it's not quite exactly as you see it on the TV. There are there are edits. Well, before we do get to obviously, because listeners obviously, as you 
may have seen on Twitter yourselves or whatever in, in the comments and the, the articles and whatnot about the the, the um, job role post person, which annoyed way too many people, apparently. Um, th- there's obviously an element of that with with Bradley as well, which obviously we'll we'll we'll, we'll touch upon. But in terms of like, be, other than other than that side of it, in terms of like you know being on the chase, what is it like being on set? Surreal, like, uh, and and that's probably really a, like a, a generic response for that, but it, it genuinely is surreal. So it, it's a long, it's a long day. It, it really is a long day. We arrive, we get at the the gatehouse kind of security bit, and then I'm looking around, going, "There's there's these other guys that sat down." We, you know, start talking naturally, and be like, "Are you here for the chase?" I'm like, yeah, 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 we are too. And I've turned up with like a book full of uh, research that I've like been writing down on the on the train on the way down because they take your phone off you when you're in there. Uh, the guy, Eric, he um, had a pub quiz book with him. Uh, Nadine went, I haven't brought anything with me. And uh, and uh, Kathy, uh, I think she was asleep, if I'm being really honest, <laughs> when she was there, bless her. Uh, we found our runners, which are basically the people that will... Um, show us where to go on set and stuff we had those guys and they 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 basically sat us down we watched a load of video they went through the rules again talked about the independent adjudicators that are there to uh the independent from the show and from anyone that works at the chase and they just ensure that everything's happening legally and you know like the questions are correct and stuff and whatnot um and then they yeah they show you some clips of what they would like you to react like when it comes to certain things then they show you some clips of what they are bad examples of stuff which uh again i will i will address shortly but um and then you break for food and then they take you up to hair and make oh in fact before that they actually then say the producers have picked the order of who's going to uh, be when and they were like, who's up first? Drum roll. And they were like, Martin. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't, why? I was like, why? And I was thinking, maybe it's because they thought I might have been the strongest player. Now, I will say this. If anyone's going to apply for the show and you're going to try and filibuster whilst trying to answer questions, answer some wrong. Don't try and answer every single one right. Because I had my AirPods in when I was doing those interviews and I was able to Google without it making any noise whatsoever. So yeah, some of the, yeah you want me to be completely straight and honest. They probably thought I was a stronger player than I actually was. Yeah. So uh, I that might have been the reason why the questions were so hard. Because they were like, okay, this is going to be the good guy. So we yeah. need to give him some strong questions. They're like, oh, come on. Anyway. Back to that. So they take you upstairs, you do your hair and makeup and whatnot. Um, they, I had my hair down and they put my hair up. Again, someone on Twitter mentioned, like, why has he got his hair like that? Well, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I wanted my hair down for the show because that's why I'm trying to grow my hair, put a bit of hairspray in. thought it would have looked a bit cool. But no, they wanted it up. I'm like, okay, fair enough. That is what it is. Uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, powder on the face. And then you go back up to your... Um, so you, well, they were in like porter cabins at the time. It was only like a temporary yeah. stage, I think it was at the time. Uh, and then we're just awaiting, like practicing, and we're just awaiting them to call us down, kind of like the nerves kick in. And then they bring us onto the the set itself. It's this completely dark room. As you walk past, you're walking past like people that are like doing the sound and lighting and other catering stuff and security and things like that. So there's quite a lot of people in that room, but I, you also walk past uh, other con test well standing contestants that sat right in the wings just re- uh, just reading 
just waiting to go. And I only know that they were definitely that because I experienced the exact same thing on Tipping Point. They have stand-ins in case there's an emergency or something happens. Mm-hmm. So again, that yeah, yeah, I will come to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's take that information for later. So, and then uh, they bring you on set. They introduce you to like the lead sound guy. And then uh, I think they call him like the gaffer or something like that. I don't know. They get you all mic'd up and then they sit you. And then you notice the, the, the first thing is the machine is there. It's massive, this machine. But the step up to the machine is like really steep. So you could easily fall off the stage and hurt yourself really easy, especially if it's so dark. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Especially when you're doing your first introduction bit. Like, so you know, the first round you stood on the podium. Literally, you take one step back and you would deck it and it would hurt. It would be, it'd be bad. But yeah, being in this massive studio, but it's eerily quiet. There's no, there's no audience like you can hear. I think it's only for the celebrity ones that yeah. they actually do it in front of a live audience, uh, and beat the chasers, which is like the one where you take on yeah. all six at once. That's where it's a live audience. The normal standard one, there is no audience. That's overdubbed. Same with all the laugh tracks. So all the laugh tracks and stuff like that. It's like, it's like I'm on a terrible episode of Only Fools and Horses or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's no such thing as a terrible episode of Only Fools and Horses. No, all right. So I'm on a terrible episode of Big Bang Theory or something yeah. like that. So, um, and then you you sat down, they get you to do your introduction, the bit, the close-up where you, where you do the cold open itself. And then, um, then Bradley comes in, he says hello to us and then he starts doing the bit of like, hey, we've got four contestants and one chaser. Do you think they'll win? Or yeah, here, watch on or whatever. Time to see if they'll beat the chaser or yeah. whatever it is. I don't yeah. know. They do that bit and then he go. He just literally just left and then we're all getting set up for the first bit. So like Martin Wright, stand on this X. It's literally like, a, it's just gaffer tape on the floor, just this X. Stand there and then the framing me up, getting that ready. Bradley comes out and he, he's like cracking a couple of jokes and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is all right. And you can actually see the moment on my face when we're going through the introduction, you can see the demeanor completely change. So uh, bear in mind at this point, right? I've had multiple applications. So I've spoken to producers, I've spoke to researchers, uh, you know, uh, all these kind of people behind the scenes like that were interviewing me and stuff. And when they asked for what I was as my job title, I gave them post person because that is what is in my contract. And you know what? It's all inclusive. So I don't really, I don't care. Right. If you, if you don't like that term, right. You have a right to think whatever you think, but if it's going to be more inclusive for other people, that's fine. I'm happy to use that term to make other people feel more, you know, inclusive, whatever. But yeah, no one had had a problem with that up to that stage. So when he was like, hi, Martin, uh, tell us a bit, bit about what you do. And I said, yeah, I, so I'm a post person from Rotherham. And I'm smiling at that point because we've, had, again, we've had a couple of jokes beforehand uh, in the, in the uh, studio. And it's at that point, there's a cut point. And on, on, on the actual thing that you see is they go, so Martin, you're a postman. How did you get into doing that? Right. And let me fill in the gap for you, okay? And you can see on my face, I did not make eye contact with him. I looked flustered all of a sudden. So um, at this point, and again, you might, you can mute the swears or whatever, right? But I'm going to, I can't say it exactly line for line, but it was something like this. He says something, right, just stop right there. Um, 
I'm I'm a man of a certain age, and I just want to say that if you're a man, you'll always be an effing man, and that's the end of it. I'm sick of this woke PC nonsense that is always happening and he keeps going and going and going and going and he's getting redder and redder as he's going. He's getting angrier and angrier. And I'm there just like looking around, looking, is this for real? Like, is he at, is he being serious? So he's ranting for about a minute, a minute and a half. I can't really, at one point, like, I couldn't, I kind of tuned out a little bit because I'm like looking around going, is this guy for real? <laughs> like, and then he just flips like, so after he's still ranting, he goes, yeah, but Twitter will probably cancel me if I do that. So anyway, Martin, you're a postman from Rotherham. How did you get into uh, So you're a postman. How did you get into that? And that's where it flips back in and you can see my face, right? So there's no cut there yeah. whatsoever, right? From, from him ranting to there, but there is a cut from the start of his rant to the end of his rant, but he doesn't stop conversing. So at that point, I'm like, completely caught off guard and I'm like uh, really nervous so I don't make eye contact with him I'm, they cut out a load of stuff that I said about uh, what I did in my spare time like I had a studio top floor audio works they cut that out so um, I yeah they kept in the bit that I said that I would pay you know like what I would do with the money I get Chloe a ring and you know put some money into my studio but like you can tell that there's a cut mark there again because like why would I say my studio? Like you don't have no context to that. They cut out the bit of where I called what studio it was. So maybe I was rambling, but I was really nervous because of what because of what had just happened. Obviously, on the back of that, especially like you say, to yeah. go from rant that big rant, unnecessary rant as well, to then straight back into it. You having no time just to kind of like regain your thoughts or anything. Yeah, exactly that. So I mean. <laughs> It's nervous enough being on the set of a, a, you know, like an iconic quiz show, right? And then you've got, I, I get really shy around kind of like celebrities and known people to the point where I never bother them if yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. So, but this guy is obviously the host of the show that I'm uh, I'm on. So I've got to interact with him, but I still, I'm really self-conscious. I'm like, God, what does he think of me at first? Like and stuff. And then I'm really nervous. And then when he goes on that rant, I'm like, Oh God, he, he he absolutely hates me now. Like, and that's all I can think. I'm like, and but also I'm like really angry that he's gone on this rant. But if we call back to what I said earlier on, where I walked past the people that were in reserve that are there, if I was to go, all right then, f off, like I'm out of here, whatever. They're like, fine. We've only we've only missed five minutes of filming, so let's get the other guy in. Let's do the introduction. It'll be erased from memory. I I tell that story. No one believes it because I'm not. I've not even made it to the TV, so no one will even believe that I was even ready there or something. I'd have to show you the receipts, like show you the emails to say yes, I'm going on or whatever. So it, it makes it even harder for me to say. And I'm not justifying not walking off for that as a you know like that's the reason like it, that no one would believe me. It's not just that. Obviously. It's I, I'm man enough to say financially motivated. I'm quite skint at the moment, so I really could do with the money. But also, similarly, if I go on that rant, I know for a fact they are going to replace me straight yeah. away. He's just going to say, get off the set, and that's it. And then it, all hell's going to break loose. It's, it's literally between a bit of a rock and a hard place with that one. You want to speak up and, and say, listen, you can't be saying that crap. Like You know yeah. what I mean? And then in that instance, especially because you say there's the financial side of it, but it's again, it's something that... 
you wanted to do. You wanted to be on the chase again. You know, you've got, as I say, you've got memories with, with as you've already mentioned, with your mum and stuff, with watching the chase, this and that. Those those wonderful memories. You you want to be part of that and be on it. So it, it, again, you, you're like, I, I want to I want to finish what I've started here. But at the end of the day, this guy is said just the the worst things that I completely disagree with. Yeah. That, that's another reason like uh, my mum idolized bradley walsh and stuff and, and and so did i because we loved his camaraderie with the with the contestants and that was part of the reason why we wanted to go on that and that's one of the reasons why we watched that show is for their kind of like on stage banter but then when you get to witness it and it's kind of like it's almost like you could tell that he, he he's not really in it anymore he's just he's kind of like holding on he's been probably doing it 10 12 years whatever it is and he's just sick of just people coming on that have got different opinions to him. And now he's just saying what he wants to say. And that that's fair enough. It's, it's his show. He's the one that wins all the NTA awards and whatnot. I'm just one contestant. And who am I to challenge his beliefs? Because like, who am I? I'd just go on to the next one. He's the one that's still getting paid handsomely by ITV, not, or whatever the production company it is, not me. But I don't know. It's just really disappointing because yeah, it, I, maybe you should just go into these things with no expectations. Contrast that to when I was on Tipping Point and uh, Ben Shepard was like the loveliest guy that you could meet. He was, he, he didn't have to say anything like that, instructions and whatnot. He he came as well. He, uh, he came backstage after and had photos and signed things for us. But like Bradley, you could tell, we were the last episode to film in the day. You could tell he just wanted to go home. And that compounded more. It's very heavily ed- edited. They don't want to show him looking bad and ranting at people. That was never going to make it to the mm. film. But I just couldn't believe how kind of unprofessional that was of him. But yeah, it was just it was just a weird experience. I mean, uh, flipping back to like after he'd done the rant, then doing uh, then having to explain that, and then going into the questions itself, having to concentrate on like having a full minute to do that and being like you've got adrenaline running through you, but also like rage as well. It's a really eclectic feeling and it just didn't allow me to think straight, which is why when you hear questions like the star Wars question and getting Darth Vader confused for (laughs) Chewbacca, those kind of stupid things like then start to play in your mind and then, and then it just snowballs, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's still, mate, even after all of that, um, he, I still, like I said, thought he did really well. Obviously, you mentioned to me before about what had happened and, you know, you look for the edits and stuff and you could tell that there'd been some, obviously, a cut because it just seemed a little bit jarring. But even even still, I thought I thought you did really well to put it on. Like, you, you didn't look noticeably, like, um, over-noticeable, I should say, in terms of, like, flustered or just completely, you know, all over it with your emotions. I thought you handled yourself really well, especially with what had gone off and... And then to obviously come off of, of that, to see it, to watch it finally air, um, and then to see idiots on Twitter, um, like just uneducated idiots, I should say. Um, it, it's just, it, 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 it must have been like, a, again, in terms of what you'd experience on the chase, then have something outside of it as well. It must have been a bit like, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, there, there were people that um, commented on specifically that said like, uh, woke lefty PC guy comes on, says post person, Bradley comes back. So you're a postman. Well done, Bradley, for rejecting this ideology. Like, what ideology, right? It's my actual job title. Yeah. I, do you want to see my Royal Mail contracts? Do you want to look on the Royal Mail recruitment yeah. website? It is post person with driving. I didn't use the full term then. Like, so, but that is literally my job title. 
how I identify myself, my my sex is I'm a man, right? The the two are not mutually exclusive, right? So we 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 move on from these terms to try and like actually reflect the fact that we have loads of women in the workforce, people that are non-binary, people that you know that uh, actually consider themselves somewhere in between whatever you know it's to try and it's to try and bridge the gap between like old ideologies and new ideologies that's all it is and look you might not agree with it but i'm literally stating a fact that that is my job title yeah. it's not even like actual debatable right it used to be postman right that is 100% true but it is now post person and I just used the job title that I had. I do not understand what they all, all the rage is for. But it was once I'd used that, you could tell that he'd taken a disliking yeah. to me. Like he kept, when when I'd answer a question wrong, and again, they edited some of this out, especially the last question. He just went on this massive rant about it. He was like, yeah, it's really common known fact. Uh, yeah, you should have known that really. It was, uh, it, you know, it's really obvious that, you know, yeah. it was Macron and, and not that, yeah, he was his teacher. And then he started going on about it. Like, well, you do it. You've literally, right, okay, it might be obvious to you. You've been doing quiz shows for like 10, 12 years. You're bound to have picked up some of the information yeah. yourself over the time, hanging around with all these world-class quizzes yeah. that, that are on the show. You're going to pick up stuff from them, right? I'm just some guy that doesn't even win at pub quizzes, right? Don't lecture me on what I do and don't know, right? Because I'm sure there's many pop culture references that I probably knew that he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you can't expect everyone... You can't just be, like, berating people, like, you should know this, you should know this. Like, all right, yeah, well, I don't consider myself an amazing quizzer, all right? I yeah. just went on to try and win some money and thinking I'd do a decent job, and that's it. So that handshake at the end, I was just like, I didn't really feel like doing it. It was a while ago, right? But the three people that looked after us that day were absolutely fantastic. Right. And they were like, they'd said before they were like, if you lose, well, at least you've got some biscuits ready for you for when you come back, we'll make sure that they're ready for you. And I was like, can I have those biscuits now, please? And they're like, yeah, yeah, come on. Like, so let's have a talk about it. And then you sit behind, there's like a, there's a TV so you can see what's going on. You can see a kind of version of what you see on the TV in total, like what you would see on ITV one, it kind of finished version you would see. Mm. But one of the people that had been looking after us today then came up and was like, are you all right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thinking the meaning like, are you okay? You've just been eliminated from the show. Are you feeling all right? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm okay. And they're like, no, I, I just wanted to touch on what Bradley had said. Like, did that, did that like affect you? And I went, yeah, it did. And then she went on to tell me, she was like, it affected me as well. She said uh, that her, I I want to get this right. I might, I might be slightly incorrect, right? She said a family member, I'm pretty sure she said it was a sister, right? And, or identifies as non-binary. And the kind of rhetoric that Bradley was spouting, every sort of like stereotype that you hear when you hear transphobic and, and like woke PC lefty nonsense kind of spiel that you hear, every single trope he, he, he fired out. And he was like, yeah, I, I felt really upset because my like my sister's now I identifies as non-binary and like it felt like he was speaking directly about her and she was really upset by it. 
So if the actual staff members are, are upset by it, like, I, I, I don't expect her, like, she was like maybe 20, 21 or something yeah. like that. She's probably like quite new in the job and doesn't want to ruffle too many feathers because these people are really powerful well, yeah, yeah, and they have yeah. so much influence. But that's how things get swept under the carpet and how it always has worked in showbiz. That's why... I'm not saying he's a predator. Absolutely not. But it's it's the same reason why predators get away in that industry with what they do, but like how people can spout uh, like hate and bile and then have this happy go lucky persona on TV. They get away with it because the staff are scared to speak out because they'll lose the jobs. I'm not telling any distruths here. I'm just literally having a conversation about what happened. Yeah. No, man, it's, it's fine. I appreciate you talking about it because like you said there, if people that are working there are getting impacted by what he's saying, who knows what else has been said? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That That's exactly it. It's just one small excerpt of one episode during a day. They film three episodes in a yeah. day and look at the seasons. They've got 300 400 episodes in one season now they're on season 36 i think it is so there's literally like thousands of episodes and i'm not saying obviously like that last won't have been on there from the start because you'd have been maybe about 10 when the first season was out but um it you know you're gonna get people that are starting their careers or whatever or they've been to university and they go straight into a job like that and and you know generally speaking left to uh, universities are more left-leaning uh, ideologies and that doesn't then you, if you've got hosts that are more like on the right side you just, I don't think they really align you've got to be politically neutral even if you do think that way I, I think there's a responsibility because again it's just harmful like mm. that that kind of re- rhetoric rhetoric whatever yeah. <laughs> well I think as well we'll talk about with explaining what's happens but obviously behind the scenes of the show and stuff and what actually happened in your experience is that I feel like we're able to talk about it because it wasn't just on the show though was it it was literally all over the internet and twitter and such they were they were in, in pretty much going hand in hand into what had happened with your experience you know behind the scenes on the chase as well it is very upsetting and, and quite baffling that there are people that still just cannot just let people be who they are i think that's that's the bottom yeah. line of it but I, I really do appreciate you obviously coming on to not only talk about your favorite films and stuff and obviously seconds of second spark uh yeah. but to obviously talk about you know everything that happened because obviously on the back of what you said with with Bill bradley and stuff you had twitter who pretty much as i said there just were in agreement with that which is which is ridiculous it's just it is very appreciated anyways you're coming on and um yeah kind of just giving us a bit of a peek as to you know the, the the good side of it, but then obviously the bad side of it as well. Yeah, um, I will also tell you as well, uh, for anyone who has any conspiracy theories about um, Tipping Point, the counters are actually plastic and the um, the actual uh, ding noise is um, put in post. So it's literally <laughs> overdubbed after. So there's no magnets underneath that machine because uh, the magnets can't move plastic, all right? That's just physics. <laughs> I, I I didn't even know there was any theories about the. Oh, yeah. uh, there's yeah. loads of conspiracy theories about like yeah, yeah the, there was a whole uproar as well like in the application for the chase you have to say if you've appeared on Tipping Point as well because there was uh, they aired a episode of Tipping Point and the Chase back to back and it had the same cust- uh, they had the same contestant in I think they won both and they were they, it hit like major newspapers and really? they're like yeah it's conspiracy like she was set up she's a you know to win on all of them and like 
So you have to stay because they're aired back to back for uh, four well five five well six. Yeah. So yeah, they had to <laughs> they have to ask you now yeah. because they don't want any more uproar like that. So uh, yeah, I just thought I'd end on a nice little fact bomb there. I love it, mate. I love it. But thank you ever so much. Um, really do appreciate you coming to talk about it. It's, uh, it's one of those where it's so it was awesome to see you on the chase. Like, don't get me wrong, I, and Tibbing Point, but the chase in particular, because I obviously up until recently really liked that show. Um, but like, I, I just thought you did such a good job with it, in spite of everything that went off there, which was completely wrong and should never have happened, like unnecessary. Um even though all of that happened, I, I still, I'm still glad that you went on and that you were able to give it a good go. And it's just, just gutted for you that you didn't get through to final chase because you were so, so close. Looking back at your time with the chase and stuff, were you happy with it? Well, I got a uh, the chase water bottle out of it, so yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I didn't leave empty-handed, did I? After all, Twitter, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that one on your tweets, all right. Actually, I did win something, so uh, yeah. Oh, mate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you ever so much for coming on to talk all things you, the quiz show, and seconds apart, this and that. Um, I can't wait to have you on again. If I'm being honest, but we'll get you on after your next quiz show. Yeah, um, that well, they take a while to go through, but uh, I, I will uh, do some more research about TV and movies before I come on a TV and movie pod- podcast next time. Uh, yeah, apologies. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you, and I've loved every incarnation that you've done. Kick out the jams, Hobson's Choice, and now here we are. Joe blogs about films and TV. Thank you ever so much, mate. I really appreciate it. All the same. And again, listeners, thank you as always. Get in touch on the socials. Really do appreciate all of that. Until the next episode, take care.